Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Got an absolute cracker of a show for you today. I was very fortunate enough to sit down with a very successful and young entrepreneur, Sarah Holloway. We had a great chat. There's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of value in today's show. And the chat was a little longer than usual, which is good. I had a great time, a lot of fun, and I know you're going to take a lot of value from it. So if you do, please do take a screenshot and post it up on your Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Sarah. We'd love to get some feedback. But for now, let's get stuck straight into our chat. All right, Sarah, firstly, just wanted to say a big thanks for coming on the show today. I've been looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. And what an honor to be on the oh, number I'm one sure on that. the health I'm not chart. Sure about that. Oh, it was great. It was great. So to the listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. And um, whoever shared the, the episode last week and, and recently, um, massive thank you to you. But let's get stuck into the episode. I don't <laughs> want to talk about me anymore. Um, so I want to start off today's episode with... Getting the or, or letting the listeners find out a little bit more about yourself. So, um, you started off, uh, I guess, before Matcha, which we'll get into. You're at Monash studying law and arts. Yep. And then you kind of started your career as a lawyer, I believe. I did. So, do you want to give us a bit of a run through with, you know, your educational background up until that point and before you kind of finished up your career in law? Yeah, for sure. So I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I pretty much decided at school. I mean, I was super, super naughty at school. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually I settled down on time around year 12 and was like, I need to, <laughs> need to pick a career. And I think law is something that for someone who has lots of, I have lots of interests. I'm like equal parts nerd burger and arty farty. <laughs> and for someone who didn't really know what to do with that, I thought law was a, a great start because, you know, you can do anything with it. You yep. don't have to be a lawyer. You can do politics. You can travel. You can be a diplomat. Um, so, yeah, I started really hard in year 12 to get into law at Monash. And then because, you know, my nerdy side was getting law, I was like, my arty side needs something else something to else, sort of yeah. buffer that out. Yeah. It's, it's a long degree. So I did arts and I did languages. So cool. I love studying languages and traveling. Um, and I did majored in French and double minored in Japanese and Chinese. Awesome. Which was awesome and yeah. allowed for lots of exchanges, lots yeah. of travel and getting to see the world and on, on the university's pocket, which was yeah. great. Right. <laughs> uh, and then in law, you pretty much have to start uh, building up towards your job, you know, in like second year, you start doing internships and leading up towards getting a grad position. You know, I locked my job in, I think, in fourth year, which meant fifth year was pretty chill. Okay. And I got into a top-tier uh, commercial law firm called King & Wood Mallisons, which has offices all around the world and was a really, really great place to start my career. Um, even though I didn't end up doing law, I mm. learned so much about business and yeah. markets and you know the world, how business works in the world. And I was in M&A, so learning a lot about the share market and stuff that, right. and structuring companies and stuff okay. that's since yeah, been cool. pretty useful, which okay. I didn't know at the time. Uh, so I spent three years there. And actually thought I would end up there. I, I mean, I thought eventually I would want to branch out into something else, but had no idea it was coming okay. so soon. Yeah. Uh, so how long had you been in law, like working in law after uni before you made the change, which we'll, we'll chat about in a sec? I think it was in my third year that I left. So uh, I did a year 
um, a year and a half as a grad is the grad program and okay. then I got qualified and became a proper lawyer and then did another year and a half but it was six months before I left that we started the business uh, as a happy accident so I Nick and I my partner Nick my fiance now uh, <laughs> <laughs> upgraded yeah <laughs> um, we went to Rwanda in Africa to do a charitable expedition with one of the companies that he'd been supporting called YGAP. Yep. And we went to one of the schools that they'd helped build and I was teaching a bit of English because I speak French and their language is French and we were building classrooms and it was absolutely amazing. But I lost about 15 kilos when I got a parasite and I'm like quite slender. So it was, you know, first five kilos was like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> and then the next 10 were not fun. Nah, um, okay, you can imagine. Yeah, came home. And, you know, typical A-type personality, went straight back to the law firm, didn't take a break, didn't yeah. listen to my body, and I just kept crashing and burning. Ended up with adrenal fatigue and was told I couldn't drink coffee anymore because it, you know, right. it's really hard on your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get panic attacks and, like, start shaking because yeah. it was just too intense. And I was, like, 42 kilos, so it was just too much anyway. Insane, yeah. Uh, and then I got sent to the firm's headquarters in Hong Kong. Yep. And discovered this magical matcha powder, yeah, okay. <laughs> which is basically just green tea leaves ground into a powdered form. So instead of throwing out the leaf, you drink it, okay. which means you get 137 times the antioxidants of regular green tea. And it's also got a good hit of caffeine. So right. I think it's just over half the caffeine of a cup of coffee. Of a cup of coffee, yep. But it's got, like all tea does, an amino acid in it called L-theanine, which makes it slow, rele slow release into the bloodstream, so you don't get... It's the, not as much of that big hit. Yeah, yeah. It, you don't get the crash in the jitters, yeah. and my body could tolerate it, but I'd still get a good amount of energy, so I was cool. like, this is a miracle! Yeah. <laughs> and Nick got hooked, and he was replacing his pre- and post-workout coffees with matcha, and then we came home and couldn't find it anywhere. And we're mm. like, oh, this is weird. It's been around for centuries. Yeah. Why is it not accessible? Why? And you hadn't come across it before you went over? Or you hadn't really... I had. Oh, you had? Yeah. Yeah. So in Japan, it's, okay. it's Japanese. Yeah. It's a really big part of their culture, more in a traditional ceremonial way. So they have a tea ceremony and you use a whisk. There's like really careful choreography of yeah. how it all happens. And it's a very big tradition in Japanese culture, but not sort of an everyday accessible okay. use yeah. style thing and that was what I thought was missing I was like it's awesome that it's you know this unique Japanese cultural thing but in daily life it could be amazing for people like me who need healthier caffeination and the health food market's booming and everyone loves green powders so why don't why isn't someone Do onto something this with it, yeah yeah uh, and so Nick and I went online and we were trying to find some for ourselves and you could only buy 10 kilos at a time, which now seems like nothing, but at the yeah. time was like a pallet, like it was so much for just two people. Yeah, yeah. And so we were like, screw it, let's just like try and sell a bag and I can put on my LinkedIn that I'm an entrepreneur and then go back to the firm and continue my happy little life and that's it. Right, so it started as a bit of a side hustle almost. Totally. Yeah. And not even a hustle, like more just a hobby. Hobby, okay. Didn't even cool. think we'd sell any just and um, did that initially start out like was it called Matcha Maiden is that where you started out or was that once you kind of took that step and, and left the law firm that you uh, no it was called Matcha Maiden from the start so right. we were still in Hong Kong at the time and I literally sat up in the middle of the night I was like Nick it's going to be called Matcha Maiden <laughs> I have no idea why I just thought it would be cool for it to be alliterated and then yeah. it's kind of catchy but also it's like a 
personification, you know, match your maybe yeah, the yeah. person. Yeah. So then she could speak to the audience and, you know, Nick's got a creative agency, so he's all into the branding and marketing yeah, yeah. And development. And, Makes perfect sense. Yeah, and he was like, that t- speaks to the audience, that's amazing. And then we were at a cafe, I think I've still got it, on a serviette. We drew the first logo and, like, all the first concepts. That's super cool. And then we got graphic designers to yeah. mock everything up and we ended up coming back to the one that we drew on the serviette. So that yeah. was our first... Um, I'll show you a photo later. The first labels were so ugly, but, (laughs) you know, they lasted us for the first year and a half. So, yeah, we just started and I think, you know, we were talking just before we started recording about the fact that done is better than perfect, you know. Yeah, 100%. We wait for the perfect moment, but it never comes. It's You you don't even know what's perfect until you test it on the market. Yeah, and if you're waiting for perfect, it's it's just not going to happen, is it? You're never going to start. Yeah. and if, like you said, there's no such. There really is no such thing as perfect. Even when you talk to the people um, in any field that are at the top of their game, they know that they've always got something that they're working on. From the outside in, you may look at it and go, "Oh, that's perfect," but there's always something that can be done. Totally. And also, the world's changing so quickly these days that what's perfect one minute, like five minutes later, everything's changed, and you've got changed. to adapt it again. So yeah. if you're waiting for that moment, then five minutes later, a competitor will have updated, you know, come yeah. in and undercut you, or there's just no better time than now. Let's uh, let's talk about the mindset from the big career change. So obviously, it's a completely uh, different <laughs> ends of the spectrum. So going from the commercial law to then running a business in Match Maiden. So um, when did you make that decision, and how was the how was your mindset around basically kind of dropping what you'd studied all that time for and taking a bit of a leap of faith with with the uh, matcha stuff. Yeah, it was a really hard decision at the time. In hindsight, I'm like, oh, obviously that was, of course I was going to do it. But at the time it was, you know, I had, I'd studied my whole life and I was, even though I was learning all the time in law, it was still my comfort zone. Like I'd still been equipped for that. I'd done so much training. I'd, you know, positioned myself to be a lawyer. So everything in that world was familiar. Whereas business and food and freight and online e-commerce I had no experience whatsoever so what I think is important to remind people is I stayed for six months before I left just to give it some legs see if it actually was going to be viable you know we needed capital as well so my wage was really important Um, and it gave us six months to grow up to the point of being out of, yeah. you know, help me go full time. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, we get so excited about leaving our job that you can, it's it's possible to do it too early. So it's, it's good Definitely. to give yourself a little bit of time doing both to ease into it. And I didn't leave until we got a big contract with Urban Outfitters, which okay. is the fashion giant in the US. Yep. And they ordered enough that, you know, we needed for someone full time to pack it. We were still packing it ourselves. Right, it was yep. like Breaking Bad, but green, you know, there was powder <laughs> everywhere and we were packing at midnight when I finished work. Um, and it wasn't until we needed someone full time. And it was inevitable that we had to hire someone yeah. that it made sense. Made sense, like, yeah. You know, we, we didn't have that much work at the beginning. Yeah. I would have just been sitting there twiddling my thumbs. But once we got to the point where it was, it was either or, it became mutually exclusive. I couldn't mm. do both. I was like, this is the time. Yeah, it just felt and, right. Yeah, and two big things happened. The first that I love talking about is the self-doubt that happens when you yeah. when you move out of your comfort zone. You just start to think, oh my God, it's never going to work. It's yeah, going to yeah. fail. You think of all the obstacles. We're so like reluctant to put ourselves out there in case we fail and look silly. Mm-hmm. There's so much that goes on in your brain that's negative self-talk. So that was a big thing of like having to get through that that mindset stuff of just like, 
don't listen to it. It's Constantly not Constantly thinking right. about the negatives, yeah. Yeah, and that, of, of course, like you're thinking about the risks and you're thinking about all the bad stuff, but you need to surround yourself with the people who are going to get you through that and yeah. and reconvince you that you're doing a great thing and that, you know, you're going to, you can change the world. If people, if people around you believe in that, you can actually believe in that. But if people around you are trying to bring you down or are really risk averse, then it's going to be harder. So. Yeah, well, that was actually pretty much hit the nail on the head with the question I was going to ask next. So, um, I talk a lot about surrounding yourself with people that are going to bring you up or people that are doing better than you or people that actually believe in what you want to do um, and not surrounding yourself with the opposite. Um, so what was there someone apart from Nick, mm. was there certain people that were that did have a big influence on the decision to make that leap or, or that were there for you in those stages where you were kind of doubting yourself or yeah. doubting whether or not it would work? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it was a really conscious choice. I always say you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, I love that. And at the time, it was law people, which, yeah. of course, is amazing when you're building up for a law career, but we're trained to be really risk-averse. We're trained yeah. to not take risks and to highlight the, the possible obstacles, which is a great skill, but mm. I had to distance myself from those people when I was first pitching the idea and surround myself with, obviously, Nick, who's used to, he's a serial entrepreneur, so he was very much like go for it like yeah. let's just roll with this and see what happens my parents not being conservative you know that yeah. really helped because yeah, I know a lot of people that is a big help yeah. battle family yeah. thinking oh you're leaving law like oh my god but my parents were really really supportive because I think they know that I, if if they resist my dreams, you know, I, yeah. I'm going to do it anyway, so they yeah, might as yeah, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> have me on board. Uh, <laughs> and also um, turning to other people who had done it before. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing that you can do is people who have who are living examples that you can do it with no mm. experience or with no capital or, you know, yeah. you can grow from the beginning. That's a, a permanent example in your face that you that is possible yeah. and that influence is immeasurable. So like, And that's it. Like, it's all well and good. Like, I... Don't get me wrong, I think it's great to surround yourself with the people that are telling you that you can do stuff, but there is a difference between someone that has no idea about what you're doing saying, yeah, yeah, you can do it, yeah. <laughs> and actually having someone that's done it before and they can almost tell you, like guide you through guide you through the path of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So like mum, it was so amazing and that she helped me, you know, she's really given me a mindset since I was little that make the decisions based on what is the one thing you'll never be able to do again. I'll yeah. always be able to do law, yeah. but I would never. It was the one time where no one else had done matcha. We'd never yeah. be the first to market again. The world is ripe for e-commerce businesses launching off social media. You know, that yeah. might not last yeah, yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. So she was great in that regard. But I also was like, mum would support me no matter what I did. Yeah. So I need someone who is actually going to tell me if it's viable yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the girls at Frank Body we were okay, friends with. Cool. and they helped enormously because they were just like, we did it. We yeah. didn't know what we're doing. Like, yeah. you're, you can do it and these are the things you need to look out for. Freight, yeah. insurance, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of my dear friends, Nat from Green Street Juice, she was the same. She'd started a, about a year before us and she was like, I also an ex-lawyer, yeah. also left her job and also was like, I'm doing it. Yeah, you yeah. can do How it. Um, and let's... I actually talked about this on an episode um, a few weeks ago with Bradley. I was, we were talking about a client of mine who has a, a business that she's just launching now and she was kind of in the same boat as what we were talking about, how she wanted everything to be perfect mm. um, and was kind of worried about whether or not people would buy it. Um, and I kind of said to her, I was like, what is the worst case scenario? Like yeah. very worst case scenario. And she, her answer was that people wouldn't have her product. And then I'm talking to Brad and I'm telling him this and he's just like, well... Worst case scenario has already happened because you haven't launched, you haven't taken that leap. And, you know, if that's the worst case that someone's not going to buy your product or it's not going to work, 
That's not there's a so bad much thing. Di- yeah, it's not yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, that, totally. you know, there's obviously ways to, to manipulate and change the way you went about it in the first place, or you, for you, you could have just gone back to, to what you were doing before. Exactly. Um, and I but always, instead, you know, the opposite of that is you actually took the leap and now, and now look where it's at. I know, which is why another thing I always say about the self-doubt piece is doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will because doubt is the thing that makes you fail. But yeah. if you do it, you probably won't fail. Like, you know, we're so capable of the things that we never thought we were capable of, mm. but you just have to give yourself the chance because, yeah. you know, when I first started, there's no way I thought we'd be doing what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. I would never have known that if I yeah. didn't if I didn't start. And I think, like, yeah, it's just so important to get out of your own head. And um, I think Oprah said you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. And if yeah. you don't ask, the, you know, if you don't ask the universe or put it out there, it's a no. So you already yeah, fail. 100%. And even something as simple as doing the opposite of what our brain wants us to do straight away and actually writing down or even just thinking about all the positives that could come from it. Yeah. And getting fixated on that instead of the negatives because, you know, the what, I was listening to someone talk the other day and I'm the worst at remembering quotes or anything like that so <laughs> yeah. if you listen to the summer fat loss episode the other way you know exactly what i'm talking about um but they said something along the lines of um you know what once you're it's very hard to change a made-up mind totally that's so if such your a good mind one. if your mind is made up on the fact that it is going to be successful that there are going to be so many positives that come from it it's so hard to change someone's mind when it's made up yeah um and it seems simple and it seems like it wouldn't make much of a difference, but it does. Like yeah. you're constantly, you know, got those affirmations of knowing that or thinking that you're going to do well or thinking that it's going to succeed. It's very hard to change that. Yeah, totally. I think um, you can't live a positive life with a negative mind. So if you're always thinking negative thoughts or concentrating on those negatives, which exist, and it is important mm. to think about the yeah. risks, but they just can't be the first thing you think about and they yeah. can't dominate the decision. Yeah, You need the positives because it's, you know, and you need people around you. It's hard to you know, blow your own horn, I think. Like, mm. it's just not a natural self nah. thing. So you need to surround yourself <laughs> with people who think you're awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for us. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, having people around you who are just going to remind you how awesome you are and how capable yeah. you are and, and point out all the times you've come through adversity in the past, you know, mm. that's amazing. That makes so much difference. That's awesome. And, you know, you just briefly touched on um, where you are at today. So, obviously, in that process, you've opened up Match and Milk Bar. Yeah. Um, which is very, very exciting. How's that all going? Amazing. Yeah. Another really happy accident. So that was about a year into Match and Maiden and we'd grown, you know, so quickly that first year into we've got a warehouse in LA and Melbourne. We've got 1500 stockers around the world. You know, we were going getting into the hands of like Victoria's Secret Angels and stuff. It was just going so it's well, nuts. but never ever thought of a physical venue. And yeah. again, I have no hospitality experience. So it was like not on the cards. Yeah. But we were traveling in LA with our business partner and we were looking at all the trends in we were looking at beverages, he was looking at food because he's yeah. in hospitality. And we were just like, oh my God, no one's joined plant-based eating and matcha drinking, which are the two biggest trends in the US. No one's made them, you know, no one's joined them in a concept and then made it appealing to non-vegans and non-matcha yeah. drinkers, you know, yeah. no one's made it cool and yeah, yeah, yeah. no one's made it appealing and taken away all that stigma and stuff. So it kind of started as a pop-up idea. Yeah. Again, I think when you first start out, everything is overwhelming so the best thing you can do to quell the self-doubt is just to like 
make your goal manageable yeah, by like for sure. kind of making it a bit smaller yeah, so yeah. it seems achievable. Yeah. So we were like, let's do a pop up, yeah. like three months. Yeah. That's not as overwhelming as opening what we ended up opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we thought let's make it like based on the blue zone. So that was the research we uncovered that was the five areas of the world where people live the longest. And one of the main things they have in common is plant-based eating. So okay. they're not vegan. They do yeah. eat some meat, but mostly what's in those small geographical areas is plants. Okay. And they live, like, remarkably longer than anywhere okay. else. Yeah. And then the one that has... The area that has the most 100-year-olds is Okinawa in Japan, and they drink a lot of matcha. Okay. So we were like, why don't we do a cafe that's about living longer? Yeah. Not animal cruelty, not anything that it's makes you think, oh, vegans, <laughs> you know. Yeah, everyone yeah. wants to live longer, and everyone wants the planet to live yeah. longer. So let's make it about that. Let's make it cool. Let's get some, like, cool people in. Let's make it Instagrammable, and then just see how it goes. That's awesome. And, yeah, we launched three years ago now, which in the cafe scene, I think three years is... A pretty good stint. Yeah. yeah, and it is and awesome. I've been down a number of times oh, and it's a great vibe legend. there. And awesome, yeah. Yeah, and you know, we had Chris Hemsworth was interviewed by the New York Times and asked what his favourite thing about Australia was and he was like, oh, the city and matcha milk bar. And we were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, and like, you know, we obviously, if you aim for that, like it's so <laughs> scary and overwhelming. Sometimes yeah. you need to like downgrade the dream just to make the immediate steps more achievable and then let you see yeah happens. something that i talk about a lot is just doing the small things consistently well yes they lead to such bigger things but when you are constantly fixated on the that major goal or that thing that does seem a bit too far it's almost it almost paralyzes you to the point where you get you're not even doing the small things well anymore totally. so it's not it's not going to happen um totally. but if you kind of don't focus as much on that and just focus on all the little things um, it all adds up so for those that are listening by now, if you didn't know who Sarah was, um, it's very likely that you'll uh, understand that she's extremely busy and you've got a lot, <laughs> a lot on your plate. So, um, you know, for someone like yourself, productivity is obviously extremely important. So do you have a, a morning routine or ritual that you like to follow? Um, it's a question I tend to ask yeah. a lot of guests on the show. I do. I always find this so interesting hearing yeah. how people start their day. I think... Um, my favorite thing, which most people who know me will know already, is going out for breakfast. And I know it's like the most indulgent thing ever when you can, you know, make your own breakfast really easily. Breakfast yeah. food is one of those things that is quite accessible to make at home. But since moving from a really structured office environment yeah. to just working from anywhere, anytime, you know, it's kind of overwhelming when you first get into business and you don't have anyone telling you where to be, what time. And, yeah. you know, if you don't leave your house and you work from home, it's hard to be productive. It so is, yeah. over the course of like learning how to be an entrepreneur or fun entrepreneur, as I say, I've realized the best thing I can do is get up, go out of the house, like get changed, go and sit in a cafe, do all my emails before I have to talk to anyone. Cause mm-hmm. that's generally the most overwhelming thing is yeah, figuring yeah. out what your day looks like. And it looks different every day. Yeah. Um, and I love cafes. I love going out for breakfast. I yeah. love food. It's just like my little thing that I do for myself. <coughs> that starts the day off I get really good fuel I sort of you know can orientate myself in the day I get a little bit of time to myself and it just makes me happy like I think I I got a little bit distracted when we first started from actual joy like it was just hustle 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 goals it's hard to to not get in that um, get stuck in that rut yeah and uh, and 
like the right of wanting to be too productive. Yeah, to, to the, the point, point where you where are you're, paralyzing. Yeah, yourself well, you're not productive. Yeah. yeah, so I realized I need Brecky out. You know, I felt guilty for the first few years, but I'm like, I don't, I'm not a big shopper. I don't buy shoes and bags. Yeah. I'm not like normal girls. I don't go out. We don't drink and go out. Yeah, yeah. So spending money on Brecky and starting my day, it yeah. sets me up well. And like the rest of the day always is, is good when I do that. That's awesome. Yeah, when I. One of my favorite thing, well, favorite parts about spending a bit of time in the states. So the last few years, I've been trying to extend the the trip there and get as much done as I can work wise and and training and stuff. And every day, same thing. I'll start at a cafe and go and grab a coffee, headphones in, get the emails done, and even just getting your emails done or writing a blog or an email or whatever it may be in the morning. Like, it doesn't seem like much, but it puts you in that productive state for the rest of the day. Like, you leave totally. there, it's still relatively early, you're feeling good about yourself, and then then that sets you up to actually be more productive yeah. throughout the rest of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the other part of being productive, I feel anyway, is, is staying active and being healthy, which by the sounds of it, you have no issue with. So how important do you, well, what's the importance do you think of, of staying active and healthy in terms of uh, of, of being productive and, and, yeah. um, and I guess successful as an entrepreneur? Yeah, it's so crucial. I think, again, in that first year of going from, um, having a defined lunch break and it being really easy to fit in workouts and, and mm. structure, you know, routine kind of keeps you going. The first year I didn't spend enough time on exercising and fitness and I thought, you know, I'm not wasting time. That's great. I'm not going to the gym. I'm like, yeah. actually just work, work, work. And it just doesn't do anything for you. Like no. you get sluggish. There's so many benefits to exercise for not just like physically feeling good in your physical fitness, but also I have, like I've spoken about it before, quite crippling anxiety at times. And the best thing you can do for your mental health too is exercise. Yeah. Like it just gets 100%. all the blood flowing. It, you know, really gets those endorphins going. It regulates your hormones. It regulates your your hunger. Like yeah. Everything is better when you exercise and are fit and active and, and outside too. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. try to get outside, walk the dog. Um I also like to keep um, – so I used to be a ballerina, which meant that exercise was quite incidental. So it took me a little while to figure out how to exercise on purpose. Okay, yeah. But yeah. Uh, now I do a bit of everything, um, do a bit of F45 for cardio, which I used to hate, but I love cardio now. Yeah. Um, but also do some strength in the gym. Yeah. Um, I never used to lift weights either, but I try – I now appreciate each different form of exercise for the different functions yeah, yeah. that it does it serves for your its body. Purpose, yeah. um, yoga and Pilates. We're going to get you in this week. Yeah, yeah, I've got to do a DK sesh. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's probably my not my strong point, um, yeah. but I'm you know, slowly increasing the weights. Yeah, good. Uh, yoga and Pilates, I do more for the mental effect, I think, yeah. um, but also for like core conditioning and, mm. and flexibility is yeah. a really big yeah, thing. Yeah, it's huge, yeah. I think I went too hard on cardio and strength for a little while and my muscles just started to like seize up. Yeah, seize and, yeah the know, mobility side of things is so important. Yeah, and so as we're getting older as well, you know, when you're younger, you don't notice because you're still yeah. like so bendy and yeah. stuff. <laughs> but as I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to keep my joints happy as well. And, yeah. Um, and then just walks. I just find, like, we're right near Albert Park at the moment. I find that 5Ks is such a beautiful view and mm. passes really quickly. And yep. just walking makes you feel, it calms, it's, I think there's, I don't remember what the study is, but there's a lot of research into the 
benefits of just walking on like regulating yeah. your heart rate and like helping I absolutely love <clears throat> love walking and listening to podcasts so yeah <laughs> um, on the weekends if I've got you know if I don't have work or whatever it may be and it's nice weather there's nothing better than just getting a coffee going for a walk and listening to a podcast and yeah. and we're, we're lucky especially around the area that we're in here like like you said with so the lake much. the beach and stuff like that you tend to just forget about it and not take advantage of it yeah and I also have <laughs> loved recently I used to be very um, you know when you're first getting back into a habit when I first was figuring out how to fit exercise into my schedule I had to be really routine to make sure I didn't just drop off the bandwagon really quickly and so I'd get really fixated I'd be like Monday's F45 Tuesday's a gym Wednesday's yoga blah 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 Um, but now I've just gone back to listening to my body and you really do need different things at different times and particularly for women we have you know our monthly cycle you need really intense things at some time but sometimes you just can't that's just gonna yeah, not just need to back it off a little bit and, yeah, yeah that'll be worse for you than than you know yeah going exactly a bit more right. yeah sometimes less is more isn't it yeah yeah so trying to get that balance you know it's something we all struggle with i'd love to say i've got the perfect yeah. balance and i'm definitely better at downtime a good mix of downtime work time and exercise um but still you know it's... no i'm shocking at it yeah but yeah exactly i talk about it all the time but and and i say this a lot as well that like i'm i'm very bad at like something i need to get a lot better at is actually taking downtime and and in the downtime actually taking downtime and not yeah. still thinking about stuff that needs to be done or checking emails or whatever it may be but uh, it is so important. Yeah. And once you can, like you said, like even uh, I'm still very shit at it, but yeah. <laughs> um, initially like, I was way worse. So even now, yeah. like it's made a massive difference being able, like I talk about this a bit is that I've started meditating over the past two years daily, Amazing. Um, which before that I would be the very last person that you would thought about to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even that, like five to 10 minutes a day has made such a difference. Being yeah. able to just try and switch off, even if you just switched off for, couple of seconds it's still it's crazy how much of a difference it makes yeah, yeah. i do um 20 minutes twice a day so i did my oh, awesome. meditation course at the start of the year because i was too sporadic like yeah. i have to commit to something yeah um and train and learn to do it properly and that has changed my life like the best ideas i've had for the businesses the podcast that um, i started recently called seize the a i've joined the podcast family yes. um that all came out of downtime like you can't yeah. I don't have I haven't had a good idea outside of downtime yeah. in years yeah because you just until you give yourself space and perspective and get out of your environment yeah. I also find like going away physically helps yeah. to get some distance until you give your brain some time to just like chill the fuck out oh, yeah, sorry yeah. I swore no it's right. I swear all the time <laughs> yeah okay good yeah. <laughs> yeah otherwise you just get too wound up in yeah. the day to day and the nitty gritty details yeah. and running a business you're passionate about it I thought oh I'm leaving law to be in wellness and health I'm going to be so healthy but it, it's it worse it can be very unhealthy yeah because yeah, you're so yeah. passionate you don't have and like I, I'm the type of person who um, I was talking to someone about this the other day. Like I, I kind of like feed off chaos a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I like to be up and just like bang, bang, bang the whole day. And yeah. even though it seems like it's, um, it seems like you're not. Uh, how do I, how do I say it? Like it seems like it's not structured in a way. Even though it is, it is extremely structured. So in your brain, you're thinking, oh, I'm going a million miles an hour. I've got heaps going on, but. Yeah. If you do that enough, it gets to the point where it is just routine. And like you said, it's so hard to think up of anything new or just take a step back and have a look at things that may not be working yeah. well or even the things that are working well and actually like celebrate the small wins and stuff like that if oh, you're constantly absolutely. on the go. Nick and I realized that, you know, we're a, we're a couple and we work together and like for the first year and a half of going into business together, didn't have a date, like yeah. didn't do anything that wasn't 
like business related yeah like our pillow talk was like bass like babe have you filed your bass like you know just yeah. so, and then one day we were like wow this has gotten really bad <laughs> like control, yeah. it's great to be yeah. able to work together but we haven't done anything we haven't had a holiday even yeah. when we did go away it was like to look visit stockists and like have meetings mm. And you you don't even realize that it's happening because you think that you're so passionate and that you're enjoying everything, but that that you can always have too much of a good thing and you ruin the joy of it if you don't yeah. if you're not celebrating the wins and then reevaluating the losses, then like what's the point of it? If you're just busy all the time, I, another quote I love is, "You can't do a good job if a good job is the only thing you do." Like, mm. what's the point of life? Yeah. You know, you have to enjoy it yeah. and celebrate it, and it, it's just what's the point if you're not in being a person outside of your work identity. Yeah. You have to have that. And I was getting caught in the trap of being busy for the sake of being busy. Totally. Like having downtime and, and almost getting a little bit of anxiety and thinking like, I, About going I should slowly. be doing something. Yeah. I should be doing something or I'm not working hard enough, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I think that's um, right. a, a symptom of the fact that technology has made our pace of life really really fast mm. like it's increased say over like you know 500 times in the last whatever but our bodies haven't improved by 500 times to be no. able to cope with it so yeah. we're, there's this massive lag between like our physical evolution and our digital evolution which means that our bodies like they're not built yet to be able to cope with all the information and stimulus yeah. that we have yeah. and the side effect is lots of anxiety lots of mental health issues exhaustion adrenal yeah. fatigue but also just the fact that when we do chill out and like find our baseline again most of us if we go on holiday the first week is spent just like getting used to being normal yeah. And that's yeah. not like that's not a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's not we think it's, you know, guilt about not working or whatever. Yeah. It's not guilt. I think it's just no. literally we're so g'd up and wired all the time. Constantly, yeah. Yeah, it takes a while to actually unwind. Normalize feeling normal. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. then when you do it and you come back, suddenly everything makes you anxious. Yeah. And you're like, Ooh. I think it's not to you come back that you actually realize that you realize how much chaos it actually is yeah. when you are back. Yeah, totally. Like when I was like we were speaking about this before when I was away, um like my productivity was huge, like um such like cortisol levels were so much lower, sleep was better, training was great. Mm. Everything just kind of like settled down a bit. And then I still felt busy there. I still felt very productive, but then you come back and then you just like after a week or two you're like, "Holy shit." Yeah. Everyone's on insane. Yeah, steroids. Yeah. Crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. Feel yeah. Like, like it's like I have not thought barely thought about my trip since I've been back and it's already been 5 or 6 weeks. Yeah. And it just feels just, like it's just non-stop. You just straight mm. back into it. Yeah, so it's definitely something I need to get better at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I want to just ask a couple more questions before we wrap things up. So what uh, what similarities do you see between running a successful business as an entrepreneur and living a healthy lifestyle and almost being the CEO of your own body? Yeah, that's a good one. Good one. I you love like that. <laughs> Trademark that shit. <laughs> um, I think goal setting and being self-driven towards that is really important um you know in your own business you have to be self-motivated no one else is on your back telling you what to do you don't have a boss and you don't have someone who pays the bill you don't have someone who like will step in and 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 pick up all the mess you know if you if you make mistakes and stuff it's kind of the same with your fitness and health you are the ceo of your own body and no one else can teach you the lessons that you need to learn yeah no one else can crash for you and then learn that lesson no one else can you know can can do that for you no one else can tell you how you feel no one else can tell you the most important thing i've learned over the past few years i've tried you know so many different things moving into the health and wellness world um 
like the paleo diet, the blah, 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 you know, we've got a vegan cafe, so yeah. going vegan, going non-vegan, going keto, going blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah. doing like high intensity inter- interval training, doing slow training, blah, blah, blah. And like, no one can tell you what works for your body best. Yeah. No one knows that. And it's the same with your business. No mm. one knows your business like you. No one knows what your goals are, what your priorities are. Like it's, I think self-management is the biggest yeah. skill that's yeah. like the same in both of them. Self-management, self-drive, discipline, um, and self-motivation and the ability to and self-awareness the ability to like constantly evolve because again like our bodies and our environments are changing all the time so is business like you need to be agile and you need to be able to recognize when something's not working and very quickly nip it in the bud and like Mm. tailor that to and not be stuck in your ways of of having one direction and just thinking that that's the only thing that's that's going to work totally open-mindedness and like attentiveness to changing changing circumstances i think both i think both come down to knowing your why totally. like business wise knowing your why is yeah. so important otherwise you're just doing it for to make money which is never gonna never gonna last yeah and it's the same with your body if you're doing if you're coming in training a certain way because you think it's what you need to be doing or it's the next best thing yeah same with nutrition if you're not enjoying it you're never gonna stick to it it's yeah. never gonna last the results are never gonna last totally and the big thing as well that i've had trouble with not so much now, but first, in, when I first changed from a rigid environment to business, is flexibility. Yeah, you have to be able to, you know, take a rest day. Yeah, or go go traveling, not have your normal workouts available, and like switch it up. You mm-hmm. have to be able to do that, and same in business. You have to be able to change to adapting circumstances when a competitor changes the landscape, or when, you know, we had a typhoon recently in Japan, and like our tea farm got wiped out for a couple of weeks. You have to be able to be flexible and adaptable and like I found that really hard with training because I was so used to routine I was like oh my god what do I do when I'm not doing the same thing over and over like I don't have a lunch break at exactly the same time but you need to be open and same with food nutrition in particular it's hard for people to be flexible because like we're so focused on you know gut health but then macros but then blah and like our good fats and our bad fats it's so hard there's so much information but Mm. just being flexible to like I'm out at a birthday today, so I'm going to eat whatever's in exactly front of me, right, or yeah. I'm traveling, so I'm going to eat this. And like, yeah. I think we all get stuck. I think far too many people, especially nutrition-wise, and we could talk about this all day. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> either, either on or off. And that's something that I'm trying to really, the point I'm really trying to get across to people lately is that it shouldn't be an on or off switch. Yeah. It should be a way of eating that is just a way of eating. It's just like a totally. lifestyle. And you're, you're not on or off. It's just, you just eat. Yeah. It's just like fuel you treat it like fuel for your body and I actually find it works for some people so well and it comes back again to like what works for you but I find that the whole eat healthy this many days of the week and then have a cheat day that does not work for me like that's an on off doesn't work for anyone and yeah I mean like yeah yeah. yeah, some people (laughs) find it gives them more motivation to keep on track but for me it's like I blow out then like cheat days and I think even those people that say that it works for them you typically find that they are in a very similar position <laughs> to over all of an extended us. period of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's more so the mental side of thing that works. Well, they think it work. It's working for them, but yeah, yeah it, I find it, it way easier to not have an allocated day. That's oh, you know yeah. because otherwise I literally well, that whole twenty four hours just yeah. gorge. Yeah, and then the rest of the week like be miserable about it. Not healthy at all. No. Yeah, it's so much easier to just be like today I'm eating what I need to eat. And, yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. A lot less stress. A lot less stress, yeah. It shouldn't be a stressful thing. Should I love be. food. It should be so enjoyable. Enjoyable, and yeah. The best example you can possibly have is the Mediterranean, where they eat carbs and cheese 
and yeah. are so long living, so yeah. healthy, so fit, slender. Yeah. Like, I mean, not all of them, but and it's just it's like again, this is going to drag on. Yeah, you, I know. But like, like cortisol levels. Like, like I said, when I spend time overseas and I don't have a structure to be, you know, at this place at this time all day every day. Mm. Um, like the last last year when I was in the states, I was prepping for one of my um, bodybuilding shows, oh, and yeah. uh, before I went over, I was like, this is going to be hard. But it was so easy because you I was chill. eating the exact same amount as what I was before I left, and my I was just losing body fat like so easily because my cortisol levels were so low. I just yeah. wasn't stressed. I wasn't uh, overanalyzing everything, and yeah, yeah. It, it's we're so much in our heads as well. Like definitely, I think it's it's a good thing that we everyone is becoming more aware of wanting to do the right thing by their body. Yeah. But then there's so much conflicting information that we're bombarded with all the time. Mm. And we're lucky that we're in an industry where we're probably quite educated and have access to information and experts on nutrition and um, like sports science. But the everyday person is getting like nine news and then like pop sugar and daily mail and like all this stuff that's just like, oh my God, the pyramid of food is just like this weird kaleidoscope that I can't understand. Yeah. It's nuts, isn't it? All right, last question before we wrap things up. Oh, it's not even a question, actually. Oh. You just mentioned that you started your podcast recently. Seize yes. the Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, a little bit about that. Where can we find it? What was the What's the concept behind it? And, yeah, um, so that came out of the idea that, you know, I've changed, like undergone a dramatic life change in a really short amount of time. It was like a six-month turnaround without having any idea that it was coming beforehand. Yeah. And so I've just become really passionate about helping people find what I call it, like finding your yay, finding a life that makes you happy and that makes you joyful and that, you know, I didn't even realize I was unhappy at the law firm. I don't even think I was unhappy. I was just fine. I think a lot of people are like that. Yeah, and that's okay, but there's more than fine. You know, if you're having a bad time, you'll instigate change. But if you're okay... You'll just sit there forever yeah. and not know that there's so much more out there. You could be living a life it's just that, that comfortable jumped feeling, out of isn't bed it? for. Yeah. People just get too comfortable. Yeah, so it's about so seizing the day is obviously like getting out there, go getting like seizing you know opportunities and stuff. But yay brings in that childlike idea of joy and happiness and fulfillment, and not looking at money or success because I think that's separate to happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. So one of the things I love to talk about is you know we all say hi, my name is Blah, and this is what I do. But no one says who they are or what they like. It's yeah. always our output or our productivity yeah. or our job or our function. But what about our identity outside of work, mm. you know? And what do you do for play? Like, you know, there's um, – so in each episode, there's way TA, so how did you get there? And nay TA, so all the shit behind the scenes that no yeah. one talks about that – is involved in finding a life that yeah. you love. You know, there's so much crap behind the scenes. There's mental illness or, like, grief or struggle or, like, yeah. eating disorder, whatever it is. There's always stuff you don't know about because yeah. social media creates this, like, surface-level gloss. Yeah. Then there's play TA. So what does what activities do you do in your life that's not for output, that's not for any reason other than yeah. just, like, joy? Joy, yeah. Um, which is few and far between. Like, most people yeah. don't do anything for play. So trying to bring that concept back in. Um and yeah, just interviewing really interesting people and showing the person behind the 2D personality, Yeah, chatting to them really openly about how they've found lives that make them happy and what that involved and um, a lot of the nitty gritty and trying to show, you know, that everyone who's been on so far has been so open with That's stuff cool. that, you know, you don't expect yeah, yeah, people yeah. to share and it's, it's just been amazing that's awesome and for myself as well it's something that brings me so much joy that isn't you know output driven like our businesses yeah. it's a, an outlet for me to just yeah. like 
play around with audio and I've no you know we were talking yeah, before yeah. about we have no idea what the fuck we're doing <laughs> yeah. and that's the best kind of hobby yeah. is one that you don't have to be like the best or you don't have to have yeah. metrics or success or whatever it's just the fun just of learning something new and again, we were in Tassie um, hiking up Cradle Mountain with no reception for a couple of days, and that's when this idea came up. Was like, what's missing in my life? Yeah. Play and like something for fun that's not related to money or anything. And chatting to people in my network who are awesome. Podcast. Yeah. Hello. How good. Bought the stuff. Next episode was it? the first episode without like a week later. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. Again, taking action straight yeah. away. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been a very enjoyable chat. I've had a great time. Yeah, me too. Hope Thank you, you for having too. me. And I'll have to get you on CZA. Oh, it'll be great fun. DK on yeah. CZA. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm sure you've taken a lot of value from it. Um, I know I definitely have. So if you have enjoyed today's show, please do take a screenshot of the episode. Post it up on your Instagram story. Tag myself. Tag Sarah. Your Instagram tag is Spoonful of Sarah. It yes. Is. I'll make sure I have all Sarah's links um, to her social media and the website and everything in the show notes so you can check that out. Um, but thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode.